Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 252. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Today, I'm excited to bring to you fellow Houstonian guest, Robert Martinez. Robert is the founding principal and CEO of Rockstar Capital, an award-winning property owner and manager. Robert founded Rockstar Capital in 2011 and has since directed the growth of their portfolio to 19 apartment communities consisting of over 3,000 units. Today, I'm excited to talk with Robert about how he's grown and scaled his business and the mindset around being the best in your business. So lots of great content ahead. Let's jump right into this week's interview and bring Robert onto the show. All right, today I welcome on the show, Mr. Robert Martinez, CEO and founding partner of Rockstar Capital. Robert, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Jacob, thanks for having me on your show, it's a pleasure. Yes. Robert, you and I are both in Houston. You and I were just catching up about some of the recent Houston news. So it's really fun to have you on. I've been trying to connect with you for a while now. Excited to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's fun. There's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. For sure. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get into all that today, kind of back up. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, your background, how you got started in the world of real estate investing. You know, like everybody else, I went to school and got good grades. That's the thing that they teach us at a very young age. And so you do that and then you kind of go on that path and you're supposed to go on a path of working for somebody else for 40 or 50 years. And hopefully you don't outlive your money. And at some point, I think in everybody's life, they realize that that's just a sham, you know, and you've got to kind of work your way around and find your own journey. With me, I went to Texas A&M. I have an engineering degree and I thought I was going to be an engineer. My grades were not a 4.0. They were closer to the lower three range. So you know, I got recruited by a manufacturing company to sell their technical equipment to other guys that have engineering degrees, PhDs, what have you. More of an engineer with a personality, let's put it that right. way. <laughs> and I went to work and I moved around a little bit in the 10 years that I was there in the oil and gas market. And what I kept finding is that, man, they kept monkeying with your commission plan. And I realized that no matter what you do, you can only get to here because the executives and the C-suite guys are here. And they don't want you getting too close. But I want to be here. You know, you, can, you can't even see my hand off the video <laughs> screen. That's where I want right. to be. I don't want to be here. I want to be here. And when that happens, they do things to monkey with your commission plan. They change territories around. They change targets. You know, whatever it is, it makes it so much harder just to make what you made last year. And I guess that's just corporate America. I got old real quick for me. I looked around for opportunities to kind of subsidize the income that I was now losing. And I stumbled into real estate. You know, as you mentioned um, offline, I found a real estate club that was amazing that I networked with. I recommend everybody that's looking to get into a deal. Don't just buy a deal. It's not what you see on TV and that kind of thing. It's you got to get in a club. You got to get there and network with a lot of people. Find there's always one, you know, near you or like in a major town near you 
and join and network and get to know everybody. And before long, you'll get in the game. And that's what happened for me. I joined a network. I've had two different companies within the last 12 years of my real estate existence. And I've done really well with it. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you kind of got started. What was your like entry point? What was your way you kind of got that very first deal? You know, first you have to network and broker. You know, you've got to make friends that are in the broker scene. You've got to get them to know that you're a real entity. I mean, it seems like everybody now wants to buy an apartment complex or everywhere, right? And I get people all the time asking me, well, how do you buy deals so fast? And you know, we've got a velocity of around three to five deals a year. And I got guys that are in a starting box that can't do one or they have one, they don't have another one. And they're like, well, how do you do it? And it's just, well, it's networking relationships and you have to make sure that you can close. And then you get the experience and you learn how numbers work. And what you think is not a deal, I look at the numbers, I see a deal, right? But that just comes from experience. So it's really a lot of handshaking. You've got to just get out there, get to meet the people out there. And every town is about five or six people that sell all the deals, make sure they know who you are, make sure that you understand there's a lot of guys just like you. What is different about you? What can you do? What can you bring to the table different? And you got to stand out and look for a way to stand out above the noise. So you've really leveraged a lot of relationships over your career, especially in the real estate industry. So you kind of leveraged this group you are a part of here in Houston, Lifestyles Unlimited. We'll give them a plug. Really great group. But tell us a little bit about like just that power of networking, how it's helped grow your career and how one could kind of do the same thing. Well, you gotta—you can't be afraid. You gotta get out of your house, out of your apartment, wherever it is, and you gotta get out there and network. You gotta go to the dinners. You gotta go to the conferences. You gotta be where these people are gonna be, and you gotta make yourself known. You know, because again, you're one of a thousand, maybe a bigger number. Everybody <laughs> wants to buy an apartment deal, and you've got to find a reason that they'll—that they—that they want to include you. I mean, I've got 21 deals today, and half of them I probably got off market. They never went—you know—to a listing broker. They were done with a handshake. Done with a relationship. Hey, you know what? I got a buyer here. He's really hot to trot. He's ready to go. He likes this area. He likes his market. I think he's willing to get you your price because he's got some uh, synergies or economies of scale you know, nearby. I mean, you just got to get out there. You got to get your name out there. Yeah, sure. So tell us a little bit about your portfolio, what it looks like today. Yeah, I built two different portfolios. A portfolio, the first one was started in 07 with another business partner. And from 07 to 2011, we got the 2000 units consisting of mostly class C deals, 10 different communities. 2011, I broke off, started Rockstar Capital. Since 2011, we've gone on to purchase 22 assets. We still have 21. You and I met at one of them that I sold a couple of years ago. And today we run 3,700 units. Most recently, I was named the National Independent Owner of the Year by the National Apartment Association. That's the second time that I've won that. I'm the only person to win it twice. I'm a two-time city owner of the year. But more important, I've got a great team. Our team as a whole collectively has won 17 city, state, and national apartment association awards. So we're really good at what we do. Yeah, sure. Well, Robert, looking at from the outside in, it can kind of be hard for the audience members maybe tuning in right now to think they can relate to you with somebody with so much success like you do, 3,700 units since 2011, but you're actually a very relatable person. You have a very relatable path. So tell the audience members how they could kind of accomplish what you have. There's nothing that I've done that no one else can achieve. I just wanted it more than the next guy. You know, that's why I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to let someone tell me no. I was going to go network and I was going to go out there and I was going to push. So what separates me and puts me in this chair among other peers is work ethic. I'm just going to work a little harder than you and I don't quit. I mean, our whole company motto is whatever it takes, you know, and I kind of adopted that from Grant Cardone. I mean, it's just whatever it takes, you know, I'm not afraid to go out there and network with people. I mean, I've gone out there and I've met Grant Cardone. I met Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very recently. I, yeah. Yeah. 
here very recently i've got a reality tv star that's actually going to come next month to come hang out with us for a couple of days and wants to learn the multifamily world right but why why me and i think i'm just like everybody else i just want a little bit more you know i have an engineering degree i didn't go to harvard i went to AM. you know i don't have a phd i have a bachelor's of science in engineering i've got a little bit of a personality and i think personality goes a long way being able to smile shake hands, not be afraid to, you know, to introduce yourself. You don't have to be a grandmaster or a toastmaster, right? But you just got to go up there and introduce yourself and make, make people know who you are, you know? And then when you do that over time, you know, and it just happens. I mean, I didn't get to 22 units, uh, communities and 3,700 apartment units because that was my plan. It just kind of happened. I bought one deal a year. My very first deal was 118 units. Bought that in 2010. Bought another deal in 2011. Bought another deal in 2012. Bought one more deal in 2013. It wasn't until 2014 when I started to scale a little bit and buy multiple deals. So since 2014 is when we've been buying multiple deals, four deals in 14, two deals in 15, four deals in 16, two deals in 17, four deals in 18, you know, four deals in 19. I mean, it just keeps moving. It just keeps moving. And we got a deal right now uh, that's under contract, right? And we're out doing fundraising. So it, you just, you get comfortable and you gain experience. Just like with anything. I mean, everybody started out somewhere, move yourself 10 years forward. You're probably really good at it compared to the guy that first entered the business, right? So it just takes time. Sure. Well, let's go back to 2010, that 118 unit deal, your very first deal. Walk us through kind of, you know, how you managed to take that down being, you know, you know, coming back from a background of engineering and not being at the time, a quote unquote, real estate investor, uh, an established apartment syndicator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes back to networks, you know, in that particular deal. And I already had been in the business three years. As I mentioned, I had a previous company oh, where right. I was basically the operating arm. You know, and, and I was operating hard because I was the sales guy. I had the personality. So I learned it. And I recognized that any sales office I went to, I was probably the smartest guy in the room. You know, in my old life, if I could, you know, do a life cycle cost benefit analysis to a guy with a PhD and some of million dollar piece of equipment, surely I can lease a $500 apartment to a guy that's making $30,000 because sales are sales. And once you learn that, you can teach your teams those things, right? And so by the time 2011 to come around, I already run 2000, I mean, 2010, I already run 2000 units. You know, so it was a broker that I had made in the past. It was during the recession. Deals were not easy to finance. You know, so it was a bridge loan. You have to sign on the dotted line. I bought it from a company. It was part of their pension plan. And when values started going south, they panicked and they wanted to get out of there. Right. But they weren't an operator that whole time that they weren't leasing during the recession. Right. As you remember, oil and gas took a monster hit in, in 08 with everybody else. And there was no jobs. They just kept getting units ready. They just kept getting units ready. And so when I finally walked in the door, I paid $24,500 a unit. Wow. For that deal. It was built in 1984. It was a really nice true B asset. And they had 20 plus units that were sitting empty, but made ready. I didn't have to spend a dime in them. I'm like, so what do we do? Well, of course, we have product. They paid for it. Got to sell me, it. Let me, let me liquidate it. <laughs> right. So I dropped rent over $100 and I kept it there for three or four units. And I'm like, okay, let's test the market. Bump it up 20 bucks. All right. Three more units. Bump it up. Okay, let's go 50 bucks. Only got one. Slow it back down. Let's go back $25 this time. And we kept doing that. After 30 days, we went from 76% at takeover to 90% 30 days later. And 60 days later, we went to 100%. And that probably stayed there for a long, long time because of the, of the basis that we got into. We've been able to refinance that twice. We've made 338% return cash on cash to the investors since 2010. And we probably have another three or 400% inequity locked into that deal. Now it really shows that you're a hands-on operator, Robert. Oh, absolutely. Yesterday, as you know, it was raining, man. I was out there. We had our teams out there. I've got great videos I can show you, man. It's not about syndicating. I'm not a syndicator. I don't put deals together 
walk away. I put my money where my mouth is. I put skin in the game, you know, and so, and I think that's the only way to do it. And there's a lot of guys out there to syndicate. I just don't see how you learn the lessons. You know, you got to learn those lessons. You and I met at a property in 2015, right? Where, you know, it looked beautiful on the outside, but it didn't make the numbers that we thought. But it may not have been the most financially rewarding, but it was the most intellectually rewarding because everything I learned there has helped us propel to where we're at today. Yeah, let's get into that in a second. We'll dive into a couple of the lessons you learned from there. But one thing to pull out of your background here is you really come at this from a property management angle, it seems. I mean, you've got a vertically integrated company, a huge property management arm of Rockstar Capital. You know, you've got a lot of people spread across the Houston community where the majority of your portfolio is. So tell us about, you know, kind of that property management piece and why you've elected to kind of keep that in-house rather than outsource it. I don't believe in outsourcing. I don't. As I alluded to a minute ago, I think you've got to go through those trials and those tribulations. You've got to learn the pain because that pain today is your success for tomorrow. You know, how can you give a property to somebody else and you don't know anything about it? You're just hoping that they're better at it than you do because they say they are. Going That's back to how it works, street man. gambling, right? <laughs> and I don't do that. I grew up, I, I was a commissioned salesman and if I didn't kill, I didn't eat at night. Simple as that. And so I'll be damned if I go and put my whole livelihood in somebody else's, you know, probably put the wife's sign on, you know, for a $5 million, $10 million recourse note. No way, no how. I'm going to run it. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down on my own sword. You know, I'm not going to let someone else do it for me. I like it. Well, that's turned out quite well for you. You've built an awesome team with Rockstar Capital and Rockstar Property Management. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you've kind of grown that side of the business because it's not easy, like you said. No, it's not. I go through all, I think there's a couple books out there. I think the E-Myth is one of the better books out there, right? Yes. On, on what it's like to go from mom and pop to corporate. And the biggest lesson in that book is delegation. I'm telling you, that very first deal back in 2010, there was four of us. It was me, my property manager, who wound up winning the youngest property manager of the year award, who today is my COO, and two maintenance guys, one of which is still with us. Another one left us a few years ago to start his own business. And we've grown that to over 110 people today. Well, they're not all sitting in the chair leasing or, or getting your apartments ready. You had to create a team around you because as I've learned, you cannot move forward until somebody's willing to take the gap behind you. You know, I like that. they got to fill that space. You know, I mean, if you ever go like in the subways in London, there's a big sign that says, mind the gap, mind the gap. Well, it's because as you're moving, you got to have someone take that gap up. And so I tell everybody that I hire, I tell all my managers, all my regionals, all my VPs that you cannot move forward to the next step until somebody behind you is trained and ready to take your position, you know, and it's a different, it's not a scarcity mentality. That's an abundance mentality, right? So we went from four people to 110. We have marketing, we have journalists that work for us. We have videography, we have maintenance, we have operations, we have uh, marketing and training. I mean, technology. I mean, we got all kinds of things that could only, I didn't even know existed back in 2010. Yeah, sure. So how have you been able to scale your portfolio? You know, you alluded to earlier, there are people who are, you know, having a hard time doing one deal a year. And, you know, here you are yeah. doing two, three, four years of deal in an ever-growing and toughening economies at that. So how have you been able to do it? Well, number one, it's about quality, not quantity when it comes to deal growth. It really is. You know, you, anybody can buy anything and sign on the dotted line, but it's what happens after the ink dries that matters, you know? And so I'm a big proponent of like, you buy one, your first deal, your second deal, you buy one and you guard it with your life. You do, you guard it with your life because that's going to be your one chance, your one at bat. And if you don't show potential, there's not going to be another one. And so, as I said, I didn't grow three, four deals a year. I started one deal a year, one for four or five years, one deal a year, one deal a year, because I concentrated. I didn't want that deal to look bad when I moved my focus to another deal. I needed to work right. And then, but before long, you develop processes and procedures, develop a team that's been trained 
that, you know, they were a manager at one property. Now they're ready to be a supervisor over the previous three properties you bought because they've seen you grow. So you've got to develop a lot of mini needs. You've got to develop a lot of people that want to share the same brain and make sure that they operate it in your image. Because remember, this company, the property is a representation of you, your quality, your standards, how you view yourself. You know, I promise you, if you go to our properties, the appearance is going to be high and reputation is everything. You know, and there's some great lessons you want to get into it on what I learned from that class A deal. I learned a lot of stuff there. Reputation management was one of them. Yeah, sure. So let's uh, give the audience members a little bit of insight. So your portfolio kind of mm-hmm. consists of C plus, B minus properties spread across the Houston, South Texas markets. And then you decided for some reason, Robert, to go into Midtown, Houston, Texas, class A properties yeah. and compete in that space. So why'd you do it? And then some of those lessons learned from there. Well, why do people climb Mount Everest? Why do they try? Because they, they want to try. They want to see if the business model that I've done here, if I'm ready to climb that next mountain. And so I was, I made some mistakes though. I made some mistakes as you climb because nobody has shown me how to do that. I had to be the first one through the door and I took all the arrows in the chest. The good <laughs> news is I'm the one that took all the arrows in the chest, not you, which means that I learned all the lessons right now. And when you decide that you, you're ready to do that and you're ready to walk through that door, I'm ready three doors down. So I'm not afraid of walking through a door and taking all those arrows. That deal did not perform the way we wanted to. We probably made, we owned it for three to four years. We made roughly around a 9% return. I think at the end of the day, it was not my best deal by far. I've never had a deal produce that low from a financial standpoint. But what I did get was the intangibles. I never had a website until that deal. That's the first deal. And it's because I inherited websites. Remember, this is back in 2015. It sounds crazy. You know, website. I bought CDO. They didn't use websites. They barely had, you know, Facebook on their phone. It wasn't something that was there. I had to grow into it, but I learned it. I learned it because I bought a 51 unit deal. I didn't buy a 251 unit deal. I bought a 51 unit deal. I made the mistake of going too too weak into the pool. I should have gone strong. Uh I I had the equity. I could have bought a bigger deal, but I was afraid. I wasn't ready to think that I could do it. I knew I wanted to, but I was going to test the waters with my toe instead of jumping in there with both feet. And they cost me. You know, because as I've learned recently, you saw that Grant Cardone interview a year ago I did with him. He said something that I made to all the sense in the world today, size matters. Not about how many deals you do, but that deal needs to have enough units because units is everything. Units is what generates revenue and revenue pays for the whole show. That pays for your marketing budget. That pays for the quality of staff. That pays for everything. I basically was running that deal with somebody who would have been an assistant manager or a leasing agent at one of my other properties, but because the budget was too tight. I thought that I could bring that classy business model in there. And I got caught by the recession that happened in 2014, 2015, where I went into underwriting. Oil was $100 a barrel. The day that I closed, it was $60 a barrel. That was in September. And by December, it was $30 a barrel. At the same time, you had a ton of construction coming in, a ton of new units all there, three, 400 units coming in. And they had every amenity under the sun, every amenity. I had a 51-unit deal with a mail area, a small gym, and an executive pool. That's what I had. So I had to learn. I went into a gunfight with a knife. And that was a mistake that I made because I didn't have enough units. But necessity is the mother of invention. If you ever, that's one of my favorite quotes because when the pain is enough, you'll do something about it. You'll figure it out. You know? right. If you ever try to like, you know, get too close to something hot, right? you'll pull away because it's too hot. But you got to get there. So you'll put a glove on. You'll do something. You'll figure out a way that you can get there. And it's what it is. And that's another invention. So we learned a lot about websites. We learned a lot about Facebook marketing. We learned a lot about reviews and reputation management. Today, 
there are only 29 properties, 28, 29 properties out of Houston that are ranked in the top 1% for online resident satisfaction for J Turner Research. And I have four of them. I have four of them today at in the top 1% of it out of 101,000. That's crazy. Not Camden, not Graystar, Rockstar. But because I learned that lesson in 2015, that reputation is everything. Your reviews are everything. People find you on your reviews. They don't show up on a Saturday with a apartment guidebook and they're going to go tour 10 properties. They find you during the week and they do it by reading reviews. I mean, when you go to Best Buy, do you know what TV you really want to buy or what camera you really want? Or you kind of ask the guy, oh, this is the one everybody's getting. You go to Amazon, you plug in, I need a step ladder. You look at the step ladder. I don't know which one I want. I read the reviews and look at the price point and that's how I make my decision. Yeah, right. Right. It's the same way in the apartment world. People, but we have a very sheep mentality. We follow other sheep. We don't want to make our own decisions, right? So you read the reviews of other people and what do those reviews say? If you're positively monitoring your reviews, they're going to be positive. If you don't care, which is what I was doing before I bought that deal, I was literally an ostrich in a sand. And my head was down in that sand like an ostrich. I was afraid of reviews. Were they negative? I didn't know how to combat them or whatever. But we turn reviews into a weapon because every time somebody moves into your apartment, aren't they happy? Every time somebody renews, aren't they happy? Yeah. So why aren't you asking for a review? Why aren't you soliciting a review and getting them to drown out the noise? Yeah. Of that one negative review that's in there because somebody didn't pay the rent and they pissed off, they want to make up stuff. <laughs> right. Or somebody got their car towed, they got their car towed because they forgot to come in and get their parking pass and you reminded them for three months and the tow truck guy said, I'm going to tow you. Now they're leaving negative reviews. It's always our fault, right? Always. Right. Well, drown that out. Drown out the hate, you know, with the positivity. We learned that. And because of those lessons we learned, we were able to stay afloat during the recession. We were able to get that deal sold three years later. If I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be able to pass that lesson on to the rest of the portfolio. As I said, we have four that are ranked in the top 1% in the country right now as of the end of 2018. If they were to do that right now, I had six. Six in Houston. Not Graystar, not Camden, Rockstar. And that's because you go through those issues. You go through the pain and the failures. All those setbacks are your future successes. Yeah, that's great stuff. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Robert, is how and why you've strategically grown the Rockstar Capital brand. You know, every property you have, you've got a website and you've got all the marketing behind it. And you've done a really great job at, you know, just building that brand and, you know, putting stuff out there on social media and all your websites and things. So what's the reason behind that? And, you know, talk about that side of things, if you will. You know, it is a competitive market. You've alluded to that, right? How do you get deals? You know, people find you online. Everybody's on this right here. This is not go. I bet yours is within three feet of you. Right here. There you go. Everybody's right here. And if you don't realize that, you're going to get shut out like Blockbuster. You're going to get shut out like Toys R Us. You're going to become a brand Sears. My God, how did Sears go out of business? They had the big Sears (laughs) that everybody hoped. And yet they got eaten up. The old world will get eaten up by the new world. And I refuse for that to happen to me. So I learned, I decided, you know what? I have a little resources. I have time. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to go meet a Grant Cardone and I'm going to go meet a Gary Vaynerchuk and I'm going to pay for that meeting and I'm going to get there. And I'm going to put my money where I'm out there and learn. And I've learned a tremendous amount of lessons. Video is everything. Storytelling. As I talked to you, nobody shows up on a Saturday. They show up on your place on a Saturday. If they even show up, they might do it online, right? Based on what they see. What do they see? It's what you want them to see. What story you're trying to tell, right? So I think the fact that I, that I try to be innovative, I try to be ahead and I want to stand out above the noise. I mean, we're on this podcast right now, right? I yeah. mean, how do you, you said you see me, right? So obviously I'm a brand name. Everybody has a brand, everybody. It's just that some are more known than others. 
That's I love awesome. that. That's really powerful. So, and you brought about one from Grant. He says, look, it's your job to promote it or demote it. How am I going to know how good you are if you don't tell me? Yeah. Makes sense, right? You see, it's counterintuitive. Mom and dad, you're a little kid. Everybody colors outside the lines and they do all that and they talk really loud. I used to get trouble all the time in school. And then what happened? I would get in trouble. No, you have to color within the lines. You can't color outside the lines. No, you can't talk. You're going to be quiet. You're going to get your name on the board. You're going to get a check mark. You're going to get detention. You're going to go whatever, right? We're told to follow. We conform. But in reality, you got to stand out. It's so competitive right now. You got to stand out above the noise. You got to be something that's different. So we branded ourselves. We've got a big name now. We're growing. It's a growing name. And we got haters out there. I have some peers that don't like it. But you know what? I'm not thinking about them. They're thinking about me. I love that. Yeah. So it's working. <laughs> I like that. Well, Robert, what are your reasons why? You know, why are you growing your portfolio to the size you are? What drives you? What motivates you? What excites you? Tell us about that side of things. You know, I've hit every goal that I could possibly establish for myself. I could have because my goals are put in there by my parents, right? You know, I read, I saw this one. It's if you were to ask somebody how much a bunch of money is, and they say a million dollars. Okay, great, a million dollars is a lot of money. But what if you were the son of a billionaire? Would a million dollars be a lot to you? No, it's relative. No, it really wouldn't. You would have said a hundred million, or you would have said a billion dollars is a lot of money. You would have said a much bigger number, but you said a million, right? Why? Because it's what we were conditioned to do. I'm trying to get a break out of that condition. I'm trying to see what can I do. How can I challenge myself? You know, we've got 3,800 units right now. Our goal is to get to 10,000. From 10,000, I'd love to get to 20,000, right? But you got to keep saying it. You got to keep believing it. You got to promote it. It's, you know, we have a blog, right? It's a daily rock star, right? Where it's like a day-to-day of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And it's our journey to 10,000. I have a firm belief that the more you say it, the more you promote it, the more your mind starts working and you start looking for ways to try to make that 10,000 happen. Yeah. You know, and you get everybody bought into it. Your whole company believes you. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. And it's about the team, man. You got to get everybody in the same direction and you can achieve those goals. One yeah. team, one dream. I love that. That's great. I think uh, one of the most important things you've done, Robert, is you've really surrounded yourself and built a solid team, you know, to help you and help hold you accountable to that, you know, road to 10,000, you know, becoming the best property mm-hmm. management in Houston and winning all these local, state, and national awards like you have. So I think that's probably one thing that's really contributed to your success. You'd probably agree. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when you get started, you get very excited. You're full of energy, right? And you got a full 40 hours <laughs> a week to work, right? And as time work goes on, you know, you keep adding to your plate and it's great, but you lose a little bit of intensity. You lose a little bit of time like you used to have. You've got to bring on people to help you keep growing or it's not going to grow. I mean, you can either be that guy that has that one subway shop that works it, or you can be the guy that owns Subway. You yeah. know, it just depends on what you want, but you got to bring in the right people around you, man. You, they got to know what you're thinking. You got to hold standards and expectations. We're going through some growing pains as well. I brought in some people and everybody's got their own ideas of what, how they want it to look. And you got to come in there and kind of referee and like, no, but we're doing it this way. And then get everybody on the same page. We all want the same thing. It just gives a lot, you know, you've got to manage the situation. You yeah. Know? One of my mentors, Bill Wonsky says, you know, real estate's easy. People are difficult. And that's true. It's true. Real estate is easy. People are difficult. You've got to figure out and manage people. And I think I've done a really good job of that historically. And I hope I can keep doing that because that is the key to our success. It's been in our people. Yeah. I love that. Well, Robert, it's been a lot of good stuff to uh, kind of distill and take from this conversation. Lots of golden nuggets there. But let's uh, kind of switch gears, wrap up with the lightning round, just a series of questions we'd like to fire at you. We ask every one of our guests to do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, what was the biggest hurdle getting started in real estate investing? And then what did you do to overcome it? Here's the biggest thing. You know, we're not taught this in school. We're not taught real estate. You're taught 
basic addition and subtraction. You're taught to become a doctor. You're taught to become an attorney, go into engineering. Real estate's risky. That's what you're told. It's not true. Real estate's not risky. More millionaires from, have been minted from real estate than anything else. And it's just a fear mindset. You got to capture that fear and judgment. You tell people you're going to go buy a single family house, a rent house. They have their own ideas of what that means. Right. You know, because they've seen failures, you know, or you're going to go buy an apartment complex. You're going to do what? And how can you do that? And it's not that hard. You just got to get in the right network, right? People who've done this, you know, it may be impossible for you, but it's not impossible for me because I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to make it happen by surrounding myself with the right people. So I think fear is a big one. You got to get over fear. Awesome. Well, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? You know, I keep saying, yeah, I just challenge myself and I ask myself, you know, is this what I want? Does it look the way I have? Am I living the life that I want to live? And I gone through some life changes in the past few years. And it's just a situation where you got to ask yourself, you know, if you're not happy with the situation, then change. You know, it's always been you versus you. And when you realize that it's your life, not their life or someone else's life, when you don't overemphasize somebody else's critiques of you and you can shut out the noise, man, life becomes a lot more clear. That's right. That's what I have to go through. I have to remind myself that it's your dream. It's your passion. And you've got here based on all that and your and hard work. Yeah. You know, you want that to continue or do you want to, you know, because you get, as you know, what's going on, we're getting a little more attention right now and we're getting some people that are saying some things and you get some judgment. Things are slightly off. They're like, there, you did it. You see, you're not as good as you once were. And, <laughs> and you've got to get through that, right? So you got to just ask yourself, you know, am I doing the best job I can? Am I delivering, you know, am, am I trying to rise above the noise? Yeah. Well, Robert, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day to day? Oh, good question. I like, you know, I have a few mentors. As we talk about lifestyles, you know, Dale Wong is one of my first mentors in the real estate world, but I've kind of grown, I've evolved a little bit beyond that. I love Grant Cardone's, you know, success is your duty, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Grant. I think he does a great job of helping everybody believe that they can do it. I love everybody and that sales is important. Grant says you are a sales company first before you're anything else. Yeah, right. Everybody's selling. Right now we're selling. Everybody's selling when they're having conversations or in their business, right? What are you selling? And how's it being represented and perceived? I love Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, because Gary's like, man, everybody's a media company. Everybody should be doing video. Everybody's doing podcasts because you can get, right now we can get micros off of this. You can get memes off of it. You can get a short clips. You get the podcast. You get, you should get the shared attention of the audience. I mean, there's a lot that you can get, right? So if you can combine, you are a sales and media company before you're a property management company, things change real quick. And that's how you're seeing our name above and beyond right now. Nobody's doing what we're doing. You know, I'm pushing out LinkedIn articles. I'm pushing out and I'm not doing anything that you can't do. I'm just taking the resources that are in front of me and listening to guys that are where I want to be. A guy with 5 million followers and a guy with a million and a half followers, right? They're saying, do this. Mm, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> I like that. Well, Robert, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? You know, if you got to get into the mindset. Mm-hmm. This is all a winner's mindset first. I think if you're going to get into real estate, specifically real estate, I love Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was probably the, I'm not a big reader. It's hard for me to get to a book. I got through that book very quickly, very easily. I bought it on pod, on audiobook. I listened yeah. to it. And I think that is a great primer for understanding how life is a lot different than what you thought. And once you get your mind and your mindset, you know, it's almost like taking like in the matrix, the red pill and then the blue pill, <laughs> right? right? You've got, you got to stop taking the red pill and take the blue pill. Right. And once you take that blue pill and you see a whole different world. And for me, that book was that blue pill, seeing that 
getting into lifestyles and getting in a real estate networking group was where it was like everything came to you and you got to network people who were doing what you want to do. Everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid and, and sharing the same passion. Sure. Yeah. Well, Robert, if you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in Ooh. real estate, what would you tell yourself? That's great. I think I would have told myself, number one, don't be afraid because you'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, as I said, necessities of other events, you're not built to fail. You're built to win. You're not built to quit. Right. But you got to put yourself on the fire and find out who you really are and going and coasting. And because it's easy, because that's the path everybody else wants you to do, well, that's going to get you their life. But if you really want to change your situation, you got to do something different than what you're doing before. And you put yourself in that fire, you put yourself in awkward situations, you will grow, you will evolve. And that growth will become your successor tomorrow. I love it. Well, Robert, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. So much great content you've shared with us there. Lots of little golden nuggets, lots of stuff to pull out. I'm going to have to go back and give this one another listen. I'm sure I'll have to uh, distill down some great information from it. But as we're wrapping up here, any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with our audience members? Maybe something I should have asked you that I didn't. I think the big question we could have asked is, you know, how do you get rich in real estate? You know, and single family is one mindset. I've never done single family. I know how it works. I know it's all a cash flow game, but the appreciation is based on your comps. In multifamily, in apartments, in apartments, anything five units and above, you can generate your own appreciation. Hey, Josh, did you know every dollar in real estate is worth $16 to the bank? Yes. Yeah, I've been watching your videos. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you capitalize your NOI over the cap rate. You know. Absolutely. But they don't teach you that in school. Yeah. You see, you got to join a club. You got to talk to somebody. You got to find a mentor. You got to learn somebody that a $10 rent bump on a 200 unit property. I'll say it again, a $10 rent bump, nothing. That's nothing. It's a nuisance bump. $10 rent bump to the bank. Bucks, 400000 That's how you get wealthy. That is by understanding that formula. And I think if people understood that, they would jump into real estate. They would become better operators and they would manage their own deals. They wouldn't give them in the hands of somebody else. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Just one lesson learned there. Well, Robert, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. If our audience members want to check out what you're doing, learn more about you, where's the best place for them to find you? Actually, I've got a website called theapartmentrockstar.com. On that website, you can find all my micros, all my videos, everything educational there that you want to kind of learn a little bit more about me or if you want to make contact with me. Great. That's theapartmentrockstar.com. We'll link that in the show notes along with all the resources we mentioned. Robert, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun having you on. Look forward to getting you back on in the future on your journey to 10,000 units. We'll check back in with you. Jacob, thanks a lot, man. It was a pleasure. I didn't know what to expect, but I had a lot of fun. Stay dry, man. It's still wet out there. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Robert. Take care. Take care. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Robert Martinez. Hey, I hope you got so much valuable content from that conversation. If you want to learn more about anything we mentioned in that show, you can find those details and links in the show notes by tapping on your phone screen or simply visiting www.jacobayers.com slash 252. Well, hey, please go over and leave a rating and review if you haven't already yet. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. 
all investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom LLC exclusively.